Welcome to Prime Time with Alex Stein. And according to YouTube user FartBarker769, I'm the least funny person on all of YouTube. But even so, I'm very excited to have the opportunity to speak with you guys this evening. Because my life has been littered with chaos and turmoil ever since birth. I was actually forced to be delivered at a veterinarian clinic because my mother had warrants for her arrest at the time for minor larceny. So because of these legal logistics, I was delivered by a veterinarian at a local Dallas pet hospital. Because of these incredible circumstances, I was born with the ability to communicate with animals in a way that no other human being can, except for those other human beings born at a veterinarian hospital, which they can also possess this ability to whisper to animals through a form of telekinesis that would make even the most world-renowned mediums shake in their boots. Having this ability is both a blessing and a curse. But I'd rather not get into all of that right this minute because the overall message that I'm trying to convey this evening is a message of courage and strength because we have a tough path ahead of us. Lori Lightfoot just lost her election bid for mayor of Chicago. So now the city's going to fall victim to massive amounts of gun violence because Lori Lightfoot was the only person still trying to keep Chicago safe. I'm absolutely devastated right now. The only thing that could be worse is if my favorite big booty Latina AOC somehow got kicked out of Congress. Now that truly would be devastating for me. We also can't forget to mention the massive snowstorms that are causing a disaster in the northern part of California. If we could just get rid of all these diesel and gas engines, then we could actually reverse the climate damage we have caused, and then maybe Los Angeles wouldn't get all this global warming snow. Because obviously, we are heating things up like a freaking microwave at a truck stop. If LA is having snowfall, we must all move to metropolitan cities without cars because our greenhouse gas emissions are getting out of control. And since I'm lactose intolerant, I'm causing enough gas equal to that of a small Filipino family of five. I feel very guilty about this. And from now on, I will stop farting in order to save the planet. We all must act now before it's too late. Impending climate catastrophes are on the horizon, so make sure to stock up on Doritos and Mountain Dew because the storm is a coming and we all need to be ready. And I'm freaking jacked up about our guests this evening. We have an incredible comedian and political icon, Jimmy Dore, on the program to talk about Vladimir Zelensky robbing the entire world with a massive money laundering scheme. And we also welcome on an ex-capo in the Colombo crime family, the one, the only, Michael Francesi. So to answer the question, is the FBI the most corrupt crime family in America? Tonight's episode is for made guys only. So grab your Capicola, your Gabagool, because we are about to Tony Soprano this bitch tonight. Let's start the show. Welcome to Prime Time with Alex Stein. This is the most conservative show on all of YouTube. We are as far right as you can get. And I think you can tell that is the case if you watched our show last night. But for the people playing at home, we have an incredible show this evening. So let's forget about the past and let's move to the present because I'm a little nervous about the future, all right? So this evening, we have some incredible guests. We have a mafia crime boss, an ex-capo in the Colombo crime family, Michael Frances, as well 
as Jimmy Dore, a comedian that's gonna come on and go insane for the Ukraine. So we have a very lovely- Alex, Alex, mom. Alex. Yes, yes, mom. Okay, I wouldn't interrupt you if it wasn't important. Mom, everybody in the chat, they're saying they don't like your voice, they don't want you to be on the show. Okay, I mean this is more important than that. Alex, remember that crazy night in New Orleans 12 years ago? Uh, the night that I had that transgender Filipino on accident? No, that no, no. That was your Scientology conference yeah. in Vegas. Yes, that was, yes. Well, uh, this may be hard for you to hear. That night in New Orleans, you may have been someone's rock bottom. What? That, that lovely brunette who went home with you. What? She was so embarrassed that she never wanted to talk to you again. What, mom, what are you talking about? What woman would not want to talk to me uh, ever uh, again? Why are you saying all this? I'll just get to the point. Meet Alex Jr., your son. What? My son? Dad? What? <laughs> Who are you? I'm your son. You're my son? You look more like Dontarius. Here, sit down. Do I? <laughs> yeah, you look like Dontarius. I don't think this is really my son. I mean, Alex, Alex. Yes, Mom. I mean, uh, he looks I... like me, but this isn't really my son, Mom. I, you know that th this is impossible. What, how could he be my son? He looks exactly like Dontarius. Are you sure he's not Dontarius' son? Alex, I have video evidence that this is your son. Well, I'd like to see some video evidence, Mom, if uh, you can prove this. Producer JBT, play the clip that proves this is Alex's son. Alex Stein is my biological father, and here's why. Ukraine, and I go insane. Yo, it's my favorite big booty bulldog. It's my favorite big booty bulldog. Look, 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 look. Selfie? Hot, 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 like a tamale. Got my mask, got my McDonald's. Picture of health. to meet your father. It's very awesome. Is it awesome? Yeah, I love watching your video. <laughs> oh my God, that makes me feel so good. Finally a son that can be proud of me. Oh my God, my baby! My baby is here! Baby Alex Tucker Carlson's grandson! And I know this is probably stressful meeting me, but I promise I'm gonna be the greatest father that I can possibly be. Let's go. Let's go! We did it! We did it, Mom! Oh my gosh, this is so stressful for me. Uh, Alex, yeah. Alex. Yes? He didn't come alone. What does that mean? Is he, is he from the future? No, Alex. Is he from the past? 
you're too stupid to reckon with. Um, that rock bottom, you were her rock bottom. Yeah. Well, I'm a lot of people's rock bottom. Yeah. Okay. What? Yes. Okay, I seem to get to the point. Uh, yeah, yeah, that kid's hot mom. Her, your, <laughs> she was your rock bottom. Anyway, get on set. What? The mom is here? Oh my gosh, I miss you so much, the mom! Oh, 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 we found you a happy family! Oh, this is so sweet! Look at us! Look at it! We did it! Oh, Tucker Carlson! Grandpa, we're gonna be very soon for Christmas this year! We're gonna have a full family! So we need some extra mashed potatoes and gravy this year! Oh, I love it! Oh, this feels so good! Okay, we didn't have anything planned! to just sit here, baby Alex. Wow. And I know this is probably a little stressful for you. So, I mean, how are you feeling right now? Um, I'm pretty stressed. Mind if I smoke? Mind if you smoke? You're smoking cigarettes? Yeah. How old are you? Uh, 12. I was smoking when I was 12 years old too! This is my son! Let's have a cigarette together! Oh my God, this is awesome! And my son smokes cigarettes, yes! Wow, look at these kings. These are my favorite brand. The best of the best. Wow, this is such a, this is one of my favorite days. I'm here <laughs> with my 12 year old son. We're here smoking cigarettes. Get in here, dude. Get in here, baby Alex. Look, we're smoking <laughs> cigarettes. Mm, we love cancer, it's so good for your health. Remember, cancer's not that big a deal. All right, so let's get back to the show at hand. I want you guys to sit here. But before we really get into the guests, Dude, I want to say I'm very sorry. I should have been there for you more. What What did you say, Mom? <coughs> what, Mom? I'm with my son. Why do you have to ruin everything? Hi, it's hard not to say. Do you realize? Name? Like I will. Because I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking to my son, Mom. So you might not know this, but your grandmother's dead, and her consciousness is uploaded into a computer right now, and we're able to communicate with her in the afterlife. Oh. Say hi, Grandma. Hi, Grandma. Grandma? Grandma. Grandma's okay. dead. Grandma's dead. Why? I thought everybody could live forever in the metaverse. Oh my God. Okay. I, I hate to, I hate to, I be like this. I know we shared such a romantic evening, but I, I forgot your name, Mom. <laughs> I'm Joey Lynn, Alex. Joey, Joey Lynn. You were screaming Joey the whole time. Oh my God. Now it's all coming back to me. You have to realize that I, I was doing a lot of fentanyl back then, and I was, I, I was a really big George Floyd fan. And I know that was 12 years ago, but I was a George Floyd early Ouch. adopter. So I just want to say. I apologize for not being here, but tonight I'm going to make it up to you. So are you going to stay on the show and, and will you be my guest? Yes. Will you hold my hand? This is how we do it, guys. Can we all hold hands real quick? What Joey a happy Lynn. family. This is what a happy family looks like. But unfortunately, unfortunately for the people playing at home, this family is being persecuted unfairly. So Joey Lynn, will you tell them <laughs> what's happening to our family? <laughs> yeah, so Alex, we all are getting sued under the Ku Klux Klan law. That, yes, and, and <laughs> what people don't realize is this uh, old Ku Klux Klan law was meant to punish people for intimidation. Right. So why are they saying that you intimidated somebody? Yeah, so, so real talk, we're getting sued in federal court under the Ku Klux Klan law by White House officials and Democrat politicians like Wendy Davis for flying Trump flags next to the Biden bus saying that by banding together on a public highway with Trump flags, that suppresses black people from voting and it needs to be held accountable. 
Yeah, because that's what it is. If you intimidate somebody from going to an official vote or an official meeting, that can be considered uh, a Ku Klux Klan law, which is a joke, guys. We need to protect. Yeah. We need to protect Joey Lynn and my son, baby Alex's biological name is Jude. We're going to change that to Dontarius Jr., but we'll talk, we'll handle that after the show. What I'm saying is that, Joey Lynn, the people yeah. can actually support you and help you with yeah. your court case right now. So tell yeah. them, though, Wendy Davis was a woman who ran for mayor, excuse me, ran for governor mm -hmm. of Texas. She's a yeah. liberal freak. And explain to the people why are they coming after you? It's just a political... Yeah, it is. So there's no criminal charges. It's a civil lawsuit. This means that these White House officials and Biden-Harris campaign staff are suing us in federal court under this law because they have what they claim is PTSD from our exercise of free speech. And let's show it. Yeah, let's show it. This, right. this is what they have PTSD from. I don't know if we have a clip, but this... So this is during the Biden campaign and Joe... And, and Joe Biden wasn't even, wasn't even on the bus. Do you know who was on the bus? No, it was Wendy Davis and a couple of, of staffers there was were, Beto on it? No. <laughs> no, and they only had one person with them. It was that white car that hit a black truck, which was not us. Uh, but nobody else was turned out except for the Trump supporters. You know, it's Texas. Wow. Yeah. And, and that's just so crazy, though. You're literally yeah. just driving next yeah. to it. So we've got flags. They've got a big Biden sign, but we're not allowed to do that. They are. We now have cashed out our entire 401k, our savings account, and have spent over $100,000 trying to get this frivolous lawsuit dismissed. To, in defense of our First Amendment right, but because we have an Obama-appointed judge, we're headed to trial by jury in federal court for this. Wow. In, in Texas? Or where is it? Well, it is it is going to be in Austin, uh, but it is federal court. So I, yeah. it's not it's Texas It's a little court. different. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. I'm, I'm actually suing Clay Jenkins in federal court. And it takes a while, but if you have uh, the judge that I have is a Ronald Reagan appointee, so they say that I have a better chance or something. He's been a judge for forever. But if you have an Obama-appointed right. judge... You're toast. Right. Yeah, and we've we've filed a motion to dismiss this lawsuit because it's frivolous in nature, it's abusive, and it has the potential to change free speech rights for all Americans. If they successfully sue us for this and win, then that impacts Americans' free speech rights. So basically, you could get sued and bankrupted for heckling AOC. Exactly. And yeah. this is a huge problem for not just conservatives in America, but for all Americans. Free speech has to be defended. Yeah, of course. I mean, listen, the First Amendment is probably the most important amendment, obviously, and the fact that you can actually use this and say that you intimidated somebody by trying to, right. you know, have a political flag. Exactly. And, let's, and, and, and let, let's be honest, though. When we're dealing with this corrupt system, it's like the people of January 6th, you're fighting an uphill battle. Right. It doesn't matter oh, what's gosh. right or wrong. That's the problem is now we live in this upside down world where they can make whatever they can. They can say two plus two equals five. They do, and they're not even ashamed or embarrassed of it, and they have people that believe it. And then when we ask fellow conservatives or our elected officials for help, they tell us there's not anything they can do and they don't want to get involved. Yeah, because you're dealing with a law firm that literally is only into doing basically frivolous, litigious exactly. lawsuits. Exactly, exactly. And, 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 and like, so this is what the media said. They said this is the Trump train Texas attack. They yeah. said this is an attack because you honked your horn next to a bus. Yeah. I mean, now yeah. we're portrayed as Ku Klux Klan. There's cartoon characters of us, uh, characters of us with white hoods on our heads. Uh, you know, we've been called uh, domestic terrorists, far right extremists, um, you know, emboldened racist bigots. This is just for exercising free speech. And we ourselves are a Hispanic family. I mean, yeah. I don't know where you draw the line on that. The left just makes up the rules as they go. Well, yeah, they would call you white passing Hispanic. They literally say that. That Sarah <laughs> Gonzalez is a good friend of mine. They call her a, a Hispanic white supremacist. And that's probably what they call you too. It is ridiculous. <laughs> 
that they can even label that. Like when they say a black white supremacist. Right, because like somebody, Bryson. I heard like Bryson you. Gray. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yes. They say everybody is a white supremacist when you're a lovely mom. You have a beautiful young boy that's, you know, my boy as well. You did a great job raising him. Uh, he's smoking the same brand of cigarettes that I smoke, so that's always good. But so, Joy Lynn, tell the people real quick, because we have, we have a busy show. Yes. We have other guests. How can the people help you, and how can they support you in your fight against this evil, corrupt uh, legal, legal fees yeah. or whatever legal team? Thank you, Alex. So we've started a website called freespeechdefender.com. This is our landing page that has information for our, our fundraiser at Give, Send, Go. Uh, we are desperately wanting to stay in this fight. Uh, we believe it's important to get a win, and we don't want to give up. We just need supplies. It costs a lot of money to fight this fight, hundreds of thousands of dollars, so we need help fundraising. Um, they can purchase our merchandise, which we can talk about later, yeah. um, but they can find us and learn more about our story at freespeechdefender.com and tell somebody about it. Yeah, and, and if you try to get child support from me, do not even try that because I'm not even a U.S. citizen. <laughs> what do you think we're here for? I'm not, no! <laughs> no! I smoked. Quit being such a prude and chillax, oh Mom. Oh, my gosh. I'm going back to did, the metaverse. Yeah, did they not have cigarettes in the metaverse, Mom? Go smoke some of those and chill out, all right? We got to get back to the show, okay? Bye, Mom. All right, guys. You turn on the news or open up Twitter these days, and one thing becomes blatantly obvious. The world is in desperate need of godly men. We must not give up meeting together and encouraging one another toward love and good deeds. This has always been true, but it might never have been truer than it is today. The world is full of its cynicism and darkness. Godly men still need to stand together in fellowship and prayer. That's what inspired Jason Whitlock to organize Fearless Army Roll Call. It's an all-day event to encourage men to put on the full armor of God to take a stand against the evil forces destroying American culture. At this conference, you will hear speeches from Jason and several other special guests and these will inspire you to be a better husband, father, and witness of Christ. Roll Call will inspire, uplift, and even entertain. Join hundreds of like-minded men in Nashville on April 15th for the most important conference. Tickets will likely sell out, so secure yours today by going to, what's that website? FearlessArmyRollCall.com to reserve your spot. Again, FearlessArmyRollCall.com. And hurry up. Prices will go up in 10 days after March 5th. So go get your tickets and support Jason Whitlock. He is an absolute awesome guy in this culture war. All right, what a show. Can you guys stay for the whole show? Stay for the show. Can you stay? We have some lovely guests. Absolutely. You can smoke. You can smoke all your cigarettes you want. All right, so now we welcome on our first guest. He's a comedian, political commentator, progressive activist, and he's known for his hatred of the Uniparty, his hatred of Ukraine, and just the fact he's just a handsome young man kicking butt. Jimmy, welcome to the program, my friend. Hey, it's great to be on, and congratulations on finding your son. That was really heartwarming. I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs> wow, Jimmy. Yeah, I know. It is emotional. It is a heartwarming program. A lot of people try to say it's a comedy show. I say no. This is a family show. 
<laughs> I can feel the family vibes coming off it as I'm loving it. I'm thinking of starting a family myself now. Well, I'm telling you, with inflation and stuff, I'm, I'm really screwed. I'm going to have to figure out how to run away from this and get in some sort of legal uh, shell corporation or put all my assets because I do not want to give it to the snot-nosed kid. I love him, but I, I mean, money, I, come on, I got to buy stuff. Jimmy, you are a legend. You are started off, you know, kind of like this Young Turks progressive guy, but what happens is why you're so brilliant now is you're speaking the truth, is that you're not just politically ideal, uh, ideological aligning with the people that most benefit your career. You've actually stepped away and caused yourself a lot of probably pain by going on your own. So how did you have the courage to do that? And I know that sounds kind of hokey dokey, but why did you decide, hey, I'm going to kind of PP on the left because they're not helping me out. And I know you PP on the right too. And I'm the same way. I think I'm similar in a lot of my viewpoints. Well, that's why I like your comedy. I love when you confront uh, the politicians on the, at the steps of the Capitol. It's one of my favorite things to watch. And you don't uh, play favorites either. You go after Democrats. And uh, I loved when you went after Dan Crenshaw. That was just one of my favorite things. And um, so what happened with me, my own personal story was uh, I was a big Bernie Sanders supporter and the Democratic National Committee cheated Bernie Sanders in mm -hmm. the 2016 primary. And I'm, that's not me making it up. Donna Brazil said so in her book. And everybody's have uh, Elizabeth Warren admitted that on, on television, that it was rigged. And we all know that it was. And so uh, Bernie never made them pay a price for that. He never made them stop taking corporate money. He never made them get rid of super delegates. Yep. He never did anything. And uh, he just tucked his tail and did whatever the machine told him to do. And so that's when I was done with uh, the Democratic Party for sure. And uh, I stopped I stopped telling people to vote Democrat. I stopped telling people to donate to Democrat. I did support Tulsi Gabbard uh, because she had a great stance on the Syrian war. Yeah. She got so that my big thing is I'm anti-war and or I'm peace. Right. I'm for like I say I'm in the pocket of big peace. Yeah. And and um, so that's why I had such an affinity for Tulsi, because she took the, the people forget the, the reason why the Democrats hate Tulsi it was one, because she to, to endorsed Bernie Sanders, which was you're not allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. And she stepped down as the vice chair of the Democratic National Committee to do so. And then she told the truth about Syria, which led everybody to start calling her a Russian and a traitor and an Assadist and some stuff like that. It's the, and she's she's still an active officer in the U.S military. And so that just goes to show you, remember when they all went nuts when Trump disrespected the Gold Star family? Oh, you can't do that. They do it with the person who's currently serving in those garbage wars that they uh, concocted. So this idea that there's some party that's more moral than the other, or that there's a politician that's more moral than Donald Trump is not real. Uh, so I stopped. Uh, so when I stepped away from the Young Turks, it was because I saw through Russiagate. And so I was debunking Russiagate in the same studio as they would push the lies of Russiagate. And they would repeat the FBI and the CIA talking points about the biggest hoax we've ever lived through. And so I, I was waiting for the Mueller report to come out. And I was sure that when the Mueller report came out, it would validate what I had been saying, that there was no collusion or conspiracy between the Trump administration or campaign and the Russians. And that's exactly what it says. It says there was no conclusion with anyone inside the Trump campaign with the Russians. And so I thought we were all going to go back to normal and we were going to stop Russiagating. We we're going to stop making 50 minutes of our hour news show about hating Trump. And it didn't. They stayed exactly the same. And that's when I was like, I got to get out of here. This place is a sinking ship. It is nuts. And uh, they've only gotten worse since. They've only went on to smear uh, people like Aaron Maté and Max Blumenthal, who are some of the greatest anti-war journalists we've had 
right now. They debunked Syria. They uh, debunk Russiagate. In fact, Aaron Maté won the independent uh, award, uh, journalist award for his meticulous debunking of Russiagate. So these are, I'm a guy who considers myself on the far left. Uh, I would consider Aaron Maté the same way. And uh, we can both, so both of us could tell the truth about Trump. Both of us could tell the truth about Russiagate. And both of us could tell the truth about Syria and the garbage gas attacks. And now we're all telling the truth about Ukraine, which you can't hear anymore. Even on, I don't understand why people have YouTube shows to just repeat what they say on CNN and MSNBC about about yep. war. But Jimmy, that's so they don't get censored because you know there's only certain things you can say on YouTube about the Ukraine war, but I want to get into it because you had you said such great stuff, but I want to get back to Bernie because obviously Bernie in that Hillary uh, uh, you know, primary was a total scam. And for me, what really frustrates me is I'm a full-blown conspiracy theorist and the deal with Seth Rich. What do you think about Seth Rich? You know, I mean, I we don't have to get in the woods, but it's very weird the way the circumstances in which he died in Washington, D.C. and he was supposeded to be robbed and nothing was missing from his wallet or watch. Don't you think that was kind of, and he was Bernie Sanders, like, you know, right hand man, quote unquote, kind of. So there's two interesting things to me about that. So um, there was an ex-DC policeman who was hired to investigate uh, the Seth Rich issue and and his laptop and all that stuff. And he held a press conference. Um, and I covered his press conference just for me covering that private investigator that was paid by the Fed. Just for me covering that press conference, the Washington Post did a hit job on me. Dave Weigel what? was given an order to smear me, and he did. Dave, Dave Weigel, by the way, is the guy that Jeff Bezos handpicked to be the the guy who covers the progressives for the Washington Post. You know, he used to he used to organize pro-war rallies around the Iraq war. Wait, slow down. <laughs> Dave Weigel is that pro-war? Because he's written stuff. I mean, he hasn't been that that bad. He hasn't been super favorable, kind of in the middle, talking about my altercations. But I thought he was kind of an OK guy. So is he that big? Dave Weigel's a scumbag? Is that the case, kind of? I didn't know that. Yeah, I would, yes. Yeah. And Good to he know. Did, he, he went, at, when he was in college at Northwestern University, he organized pro-Iraq war rallies. And of course, the question is, well, you're of fighting age. Why wouldn't you go join? <laughs> exactly. You're going to do a rally for someone else to go fight your war. And that's exactly what he did. And so that's who he is. And that's the guy that Jeff Bezos handpicked to cover progressives. So he got the order to smear me because you're not allowed to cover the Seth Rich thing. All I did was cover it. Mm -hmm. And then he, he smeared me as a Seth Richer. And, and then everybody picked that up, of course, and repeated it because it was printed in the Washington Post. And now it's in my Wikipedia page forever. All I did was cover it. And wow. I, I was on the Young Turks. They wouldn't cover it. But I brought it up on the Young Turks with Ben Mankiewicz. And I remember I said to him, hey, Ben, can you remember uh, the last time an open murder investigation, an unsolved murder uh, journalists weren't allowed to ask questions about it. What other murder where you're not allowed to ask questions about it? And he couldn't come up with one because there isn't one. And now the second interesting thing. So that was the narrative control, right? So they go right to CIA is in bed with the Washington Post. You know that yeah. the Jeff Bezos had uh, at least a six hundred million dollar deal with the CIA, if not billions of dollars. And so I, when I pointed that out to Dave Weigel, uh, uh, when he got that pointed out to him on Twitter, he denied it. <laughs> and then when someone showed him the proof, he then slandered the source. 
And then when they showed him another source, Dave Weigel said, big deal. That's Bezos, not the Post. And he so so that's who Dave, Jeff, that's yeah. who Dave Weigel is. He covers for Jeff Bezos. He's handpicked by him to cover. This is come on. You, you Yo, see, Jimmy, through. I know it's Operation Mockingbird where they literally the CIA. They have uh, they have uh, people in every single television, radio, film. Even if you want to use a tank on a movie, you have to go to a Hollywood liaison office. So, listen, right. I mean, they're all tied in hand in glove, whatever the saying you want to use. Yeah. So the second thing about the, that's interesting about the Seth Rich is that the FBI, so there was a freedom of information request to get the Seth Rich laptop computer, and the FBI says we're going to release that in uh, 70 years. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's so, like the JFK stuff. I mean, it's like here, so, you, you can see it in 200 years or something. So it's first, So first it was they said they didn't have the laptop. They never had it. They never. And then they got caught lying. They did have it. Then they admit they had it. Then they admit they went through. Then they said they can't get the data. Then they said they can get it, but they can't get it for 70 years or something like that. Like they're Pfizer, you know, the FBI yeah. is Pfizer. Their vaccine trial data. They're not going to release it for 75. So that's so immediately when you hear that, uh oh, there's a lot there to the Seth Rich story because why else would they be covering it up like this? But of course, nobody else in mainstream media is going to say that or cover it. I've already been smeared by it. So I'm going to ask questions that no one else is going to have the guts to ask because I don't want a job that gets funded by the CIA, that gets money from the CIA. I don't want that job. I don't need a job in corporate America. I have my own just I, I don't need anybody else to give me a job and that's what messes them up is that I don't need a job so I can't get canceled and they can't get me fired and they can't get me to apologize for stuff I didn't do which I never will so that's why I am who I am and that's the story of Seth Rich and now you know the rest of the story and you know that Jeff Bezos on the Washington Post is in bed with the CIA not to not just like friendly to the tunes of hundreds of millions of dollars from the CIA directly to Jeff Bezos. No, and then we look at this, you know, forget about uh, what, what's happening with the, the Iraq war. I mean, obviously that was a waste, 20 years, $1.7 trillion weapons of mass destruction that didn't even exist, we never found. But then very strategically, we, we leave Afghanistan, we leave billions of dollars, and all of a sudden we're in the Ukraine war, We're now we're in World War III. I'm saying, how, but I, I want to ask your opinion, Jimmy, all it would take at the beginning of this conflict, and I'm not, I'm not as smart as you by any means, but I think that they said that they would say the Donbass region needed to stay autonomous, and, and, and uh, basically... Uh, that's all it was, is they wouldn't join NATO. I mean, Ukraine doesn't join NATO. The Donbass region stays autonomous. It seems like a pretty easy deal. Why are we fighting this war other than these, these military-industrial complex want World War III? So what people don't realize, because they're watching corporate news, is that the Ukraine war didn't start with Putin's invasion. Yeah. It started in 2014 when the CIA teamed up with the ultra-right-wing Nazis, the Azov Battalion, inside Ukraine, to do what they, the Maidan coup, right? So that's what, that's what happened. We overthrew the democratically elected president of Ukraine because he didn't want to hook up with our economic interests, meaning NATO and the United States and Europe. He was going to be economically closer to Russia. And so they didn't want that. And so we then, the CIA, got in bed with the Nazis, overthrew the government. So now the people who live in the eastern part of Ukraine, which is the Russian-speaking Donbass, they didn't want to go along with a coup government. Mm -hmm. So 
what happened was that the Ukraine, they, they wanted to break away and start their own thing. And so Ukraine government started shelling them, which has meant that the Azov battalion, the Nazis, started shelling the Donbass people, the Russian speakers. And then they have a thing called the Minsk agreements, which is supposed to, they were supposed to stop shelling the, the Donbass. The Donbass was supposed to have some form of independence with their own elections. And everybody agreed to that. And Germany and France was going to enforce it, except Ukraine never stopped shelling the Donbass. In fact, they killed 14 to 16,000 Russian speakers in the Donbass wow. from 2014 until when Putin had, and then they ramped up the bombing. So they don't what but people don't realize is that Ukraine and Zelensky, who ran on a peace platform, he got 71 percent of the vote saying that I'm going to bring peace, peace to, to this and bring everybody back together. And then, of course, the Nazis and the CIA said, if you do that, we'll kill you. In fact, they even I can quote, he said, we're going to hang him from a tree. That's what the alt right said about Zelensky wow. if he does a peace deal. And that's why there hasn't been a peace deal. They were almost had a peace deal last March, but then Boris Johnson flew and said that NATO doesn't want a peace deal, and if you do, we'll kill you. And so that's why they, the people who haven't been negotiating have been the Ukrainians. And I don't really hold it against Zelensky because he's being threatened with his life, and we all know that, that they will kill him, just like they uh, they shot uh, peaceful protesters in Maidan. That's what they did to make sure that that coup happened. So what right now, uh, what that's what people don't know. So people don't know the history yeah. in the United States. Yeah. So they just think one day Putin woke up and said, I'm going to invade Ukraine. That's not what happened. And by the way, the people in Crimea that Russia annexed, they want to be annexed to Russia. They can't find anybody who doesn't want to. Take a camera, go to Crimea, interview people. They all voted overwhelmingly to be part of Russia. They don't want to be part of this Ukraine bullshit that's going on. So that's the history that people don't understand. And that you could see why they would think they're like, uh, you get a moron like Sean Penn who goes on CNN and says, we got to have more long range missiles. He's advocating for war. This guy who thinks he's a lefty is advocating for war. So that's that's the beauty of propaganda from the CIA. They get morons like Sean Penn to repeat it, ingest it, and then repeat it on CNN as, as if he's righteous and he's helping people. What he's doing is what the United States is doing, is we're committing an economic war against Russia, and we're using the Ukraine as cannon fodder. We don't care how many people in Ukraine get killed as long as we can put an economic hurt on Russia, because for decades, the United States has worried about Germany and Russia teaming up economically. There's the German capital and their engineering, and then there's the Russian uh, manpower and their natural resources. And we've always been afraid of those two things coming together. That's why the United States blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. That was going to give cheap and free, cheap gas flowing freely from Russia to Germany and then to the rest of Europe. And so they had to blow that up, and they did it. Now, the, the big question is, when is the rest of Europe going to stop going along with this NATO hegemony and the United States? Right now, Germany, there's been big protests, 40,000 people showing up against them funding the war in Ukraine. And so I think the tide is starting to turn inside Europe because they're starting to feel the economic pain from this war and uh, not just Russia. By the way, Russia is becoming stronger because of this. They're now going to team up with uh, China. And now we're, we're wrecking the petrodollar. And if people don't know what that means, that means our entire economy is going to take a hit. And Joe Biden and the Democrats are doing this because they don't care what happens. All they care about is what their donors 
donors want. What their donors want is more war. They just got $100 billion into their pockets with no oversight. This is a yeah, Jimmy, how, how do they launder it? When they get the hundred, when they get the hundred billion dollars, how do they, because I know, I know that there's no checks and balances when it comes to military spending, but how does Joe Biden, in your opinion, I know you don't know the paper trail, how does he benefit from getting, giving a, like Janet Yellen, why does she want to give a hundred billion dollars to the Ukraine? So their donor class is Wall Street and the military industrial complex. And so the more money that goes to the military industrial complex, the more money goes to the people who own stock in the military industrial complex. And that's what this is all about. So when they send $50 billion in uh, uh, lethal aid, that means bombs, missiles, and bullets and guns. And where do we, that's the only thing we produce in America anymore is missiles, bombs, and guns. And so that goes right into the pockets of the military industrial complex donors. It goes into the pockets of the Wall Street people. And those are the people who run our country. Wow, I know. And, and Jimmy, like, how do you not get so blackpilled where you're just kind of like, well, we're fighting against evil, corrupt corporations? Like, this is my problem. I always say we're not being run by humans. We're being run by multinational corporations like Pfizer, like Halliburton. So how do we yeah. take back control of our own country? And so that is where people like you and me and Woody Harrelson agree. So what, I don't know if you saw what Woody Harrelson did on Saturday Night Live. He talked about the drug cartels, the big five, big pharma that actually has a stranglehold on our uh, government that dictated lockdowns and unless you would take their product. And he is he said, and I, I'll, I'm going to butcher his quote, but he said every government in the world is just a bunch of businessmen who are working for a bunch of richer businessmen. And nobody knows how to fight back against it because nobody's figured out how to fight against corporations. And that's the situation we're in in this country. And I think that people like you and me and Woody Harrelson can all line up and be against war. And we can be against the corporate influence on our government. I hope you share that view, but I- Of I course. Think yeah, a thousand percent. Corp corporate, that's exactly what's wrong with this country. That's why we can give as, that's why Joe Biden will go to Ukraine before he will go to East Palestine, Ohio, because there isn't a donor in East Palestine, Ohio, but there is a lot of donors who want him to go to Ukraine so they can funnel another hundred billion dollars to the donor class. And you want to talk about direct, we all knew before this war that Ukraine was the most corrupt country in Europe, which is why Hunter Biden can get that job like that. <laughs> yeah. And then Joe Biden can demand that a certain prosecutor who's going after that company but he could get fired. That's how corrupt that country was. And uh, so we send that money over there. Uh, right now, uh, like during the Iraq war, they literally had pallets of cash that they sent there. Yes, literally. Nobody, so you don't think that's happening again? I'm sure it is. There's no oversight to any of this money that there's, they're sending money to Ukraine. They're sending money to Ukraine for clean water, for health care, and for people's retirement. Wouldn't that be nice if they sent that money here yeah. to the United States? Hey, if you're going to send $100 billion to Ukraine, why don't you send $100 billion to Dallas and Austin and San Francisco and Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, Minneapolis, Atlanta, and we can get rid of this homeless problem? You know, $100 billion. They say you could fix homelessness out for 20 to $40 billion. So for that money, $100 billion, we could have ended homelessness, started it again, then said we were just kidding, and ended it again. That's how much money $100 billion dollars but they won't because corruption is the only thing that greases the wheels of our government now it only moves in the way of corruption and if you don't have corruption greasing the wheels of our bought government you're not going to get anything done which is why we still don't have health care half the country is poor or low income 50 percent of wage earners earn thirty thousand dollars or left and 80 percent of workers live paycheck to paycheck because we, we've taken the most profitable richest country the face of the earth has ever seen and we rendered half of our population poor 
or low income. Why? Because we're ruled by corporations and we don't actually live in a democracy. People say that democracy was stolen on January 6th. Your democracy was stolen decades ago by corporations and nobody gives a crap about that. When are you going to get upset about your real coup that took part in your government? You're going to get upset about a PSYOP committed by the FBI and a bunch of yahoos and pajama bottoms and buffalo helmets who didn't even have guns, who stole a podium and didn't know what to do after that. So they took selfies with the cops and went home. That is not a coup. People taking a dump in Nancy Pelosi's office, that's a poo, not a coup, okay? <laughs> and so the real coup happened decades ago, and it's by corporations. And unless people like you and me band together and realize we have a common enemy, and that is the corporate capture of our government, that's why they were allowed to do lockdowns. That's why we were forced to take uh, uh, experimental gene therapy. All that stuff came because Big Pharma owns our government. 70% of the FDA's budget comes from Big Pharma. They have completely corporate captured it, and we got a criminal like Fauci who's the head of it because why he serves them, not because he serves us, which is why he never told us about vitamin D3, which is why he never told us about ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or to lose weight or to get in shape. None of those things are what he told us that this virus, he funded it. None of that stuff because they're all captured. And so people like you and me, people from the left and the right need to understand we have more in common and that you're not my enemy because you don't agree with me on LGBTQ or abortion. That doesn't make you my enemy. What it does is it makes you someone who I need to interact with so we can come to some more common ground. That's what it does. So what they want me to do is not talk to you because we don't agree on those issues. That's the exact opposite of how you change things. You come together on issues. You know, I try to tell people the biggest organizing effort that's happened recently for workers was Christian Smalls on Staten Island. And what he, he's a black guy who got fired by Amazon during COVID. And he said, I'm going to create a union to fight back against these guys. And who did he have to do that union with? White Trump voters. Mm -hmm. That's who he organized the union with. So when you hear Democrats say, I want to organize along class lines, they're lying. Because what that actually means is organizing with Trump voters. And that's what I'm reaching out to. I'm reaching out to Trump voters, libertarians, boogaloo boys, people on the right and people on the left. We have a common enemy. We have to stop these endless wars and invest that money back home. And if we did that, we could cure every ill we've ever had. Yeah, I mean, you just said it so brilliantly, Jimmy. I couldn't say it better. I mean, we literally could solve our own problems, but we have a misallocation of our funds. Man, it's such a pleasure, Jimmy, to get to talk to you. You're an icon. Keep on, you know, talking the talk and walking the walk because we need people like you in this culture war. And I agree, just because politically or ideologically I don't align with somebody 100%, we still need to love one, one another. That's so dumb. Right. I hate that. It's like, come on. I... I want to like you for you. Or I want to judge you on the content of your character, not the color of your skin. Like, you know, we just, we want to be, the most racist thing we do is to judge people by preconceived notions. And I hate that. And that's why we need to come together. And you're doing that better than anybody, Jimmy. So thank you for, you know, doing the hard work, my friend. Well, I appreciate it, Alex. And just, you know, don't you think they could have taken just a few dollars out of that hundred billion to UK to buy a dog that would lead Joe Biden off the stage when he's done with the speech? <laughs> no, seriously, that's what they need. I mean, just a couple extra bucks to get him some new Depends. Or, or I mean, dude, he's falling down the staircase. Get him a, a escalator on Air Force One. All right. I love you, Jimmy. Thank you so much. Have a good evening, my friend. Talk to you soon. It's a pleasure. Yes, sir.
Well, guys, that was the excellent Jimmy Dorn. Remember, you got to subscribe if you want to survive. So subscribe to the YouTube page. Hit that bell. Make sure you don't miss a single prime time with Alex Stein's video when you hit that notification bell. All right, Joey Lynn, we know your legal fees are getting high. And we're going to get to that at the, at the very end. We'll say that the last thing. But I want to welcome on our next guest. He's an incredible, uh, incredible guy. He was a capo in the Colombo crime family. Uh, he's a legend, legend now on YouTube, has over a million subscribers. It, the one, the only, Michael Frances. Is he on the show? Is Michael here with us? Michael, welcome to the program, my friend. Alex, how are you? I have to say, I agree with everything that man Jimmy just said, man. He was right on. Now, Jimmy, right on. Jimmy's great. So tell us, though, that's the first question I want to ask you. You, you, you just wrote your book, and you talk about how America is the biggest you know, organized crime family. So is the FBI the biggest organized crime family in America? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, during my day, we knew that they were corrupt. Not many of the agents were corrupt. But what I'm seeing now, Jim, uh, Alex, I can't even believe, yeah. you know, the fact that they're doing the things that they did with Twitter, that they're being so politicized. You know, they're framing people. They're acting like, you know, like a, a Russian army, I would say. I, I, I'm just I'm shocked. I never thought it would get this bad. But, you know, I, I wrote this book because it's called a mafia democracy, because I see our government acting more like we acted on the street than ever before. And uh, it's, it's terrible what's going on here. I mean it. Yeah, Michael. And like, you know, people talk about the mafia culture, La Casa Nostra. And I would say that it maybe had its peak. You know better than me, I guess, when the Sopranos really. I mean, that was and I know you kind of tease the Sopranos. I'm just saying the mafia culture. Right. You know, it's always been. You know, people liked it. But do you think that mafia culture is not as well liked now? I feel like it's it, it, it almost for some reason, even though you have a million YouTube, YouTube subscribers. To me, the mafia used to be the coolest thing. You know, all you talked about was John Gotti, this John Gotti, that. Now, I don't think the young kids are the young kids into the mafia as much as they were, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. You know, they're probably not because, you know, back in my day, I always say the golden years of the mafia Cosa Nostra in this country from the, were from the 50s right through to the mid 80s. And that's when we really had it going on. When we had control from the White House right down to the people on the street with the numbers business. We controlled the unions. We had a lot to do in Wall Street. We really had a lot of power and control. Well, obviously, that changed in the mid 80s when the racketeering laws came in and the life was really devastated. So these young people really don't know. But I, I will say this, you know, I get so many messages uh, in social media saying, Mike, you know what? The mafia would probably do a better job running the country than the current administration. <laughs> True. Yes. And, you know, and I tell them, well, you don't want the mafia running the country. But what we have in office now is is pretty much resembling with the way we were on the street. You know, it's all about power and control and money. And the way this government operates, it's it's all about power and control. And it's very frightening. And I try to tell people when you give the government an inch, they want to take a yard and they never give it back. The more freedom you give up, the less you're going to have, and they'll never give it back. No. And uh, to me, it's very scary what I see going on. I really mean that. What they try to do is they try to take away your freedom under the guise of safety. And in the end, you won't be safe and you won't have any freedom. But w w one thing you talk about how I, I could argue, and you know this more than me, but I believe one of the rules in the mafia is that you're not supposed to go after children. Yet the Biden crime family, Barack Obama, and including George Bush, they dropped multiple drone strikes and killed tons of children in Afghanistan. They killed tons of, of, of people, innocent people, bystanders, because they were at a funeral or they're at a wedding. So when you see our police force, military force, world police force, I'd like to call the military, is that more repugnant than what some of mafia hitmen would do? 
Well, listen, we we had a rule, a hard, fast rule. You didn't go after women and children at all. And, you know, one of the things I want to bring up is what's going on at the southern border uh, with this fentanyl epidemic Mm -hmm. is is absolutely uh, something I can't understand, Alex. When you're in an administration, you're a president in charge of the welfare of the country, that people put you in a position of trust to really watch over them, to protect them. And you see what's going on on the southern border and you allow this fentanyl to keep coming into our country. All these opioids, we know what's happening. We know where it's coming. I spoke to 850 Border Patrol agents uh, in the state of uh, uh, excuse me, state of Texas just a couple of months back. And what they told me was frightening. They're not getting any help, number one, and they're not even getting 10% of the illegal drugs that are coming across this country. And fentanyl is poison. I mean, people that are dying from that, they're not even addicts. No. You know, I had somebody very close to me that took an Adderall that was laced with fentanyl, and he would drop dead within five minutes. Michael, Michael, I lost one of my best friends, a guy named Clark Gable. His grandfather was the actor Clark Gable from Gone with the Wind. He had a prescription for pain pills, ran out of them, bought some pain pills on the street, what he thought were pain pills, had fentanyl in it, and he died instantly, and he had a huge tolerance. I'm saying he was prescribed the drugs before. So so he wasn't just some you know 13-year-old kid stealing from his mom's bag. Like He was an adult, grown man. He took one dose, one pill or whatever, how much ever he took, and just woke up dead, literally died. So this is this is killing people that are experienced drug users. It's not like heroin. It's not like cocaine. This is some new super drug that is literally meant to kill people. But the Mexican cartel, I would say that whatever mafia power that you guys had in the 80s and 90s, now that Mexican cartel must have that power. Do you think that's the case, Michael? Absolutely. And my question is, if you're the president of the United States, if you're the uh, you know, in charge of the border. How could you, in good conscience, in good faith, allow this to happen? We had a hundred thousand people die of uh, of opioid, yep. uh, you know, overdoses in the past year. If you know that's happening, what kind of human being are you? Guys on the street, Alex, wouldn't do this. No, I'm telling you, we would not do it. And yet, this is happening, and it's. I, I just can't understand it. To me, it's. Out of all the things that are going wrong in government, this might be the worst at this point in time because we're murdering people. And we're, we're letting it happen. Causing people get murdered. Yeah, I'm saying, and the, and the government is letting it happen. I mean, it, I'm here in Texas, and they always play those videos, Michael, where it'll be Kamala Harris. They let a busload of people off in Kamala Harris's yard, and that's the biggest deal. I'm telling you, at Bachman Lake, where I walk, the park, Every day there's a new bus where they let the people off. They have a backpack. They have on masks because they don't know the mask rule. And it's oftentimes little kids with like an adult guy. And you're like, that doesn't look like their dad. So we can talk about the fentanyl all day. That's terrible because it's killing rich people, poor people. It's all social classes, all races. But what's also disgusting is the sex trafficking. And I know you're familiar with this, but the children are the ones that are being sex trafficked. These aren't. 40-year-old prostitutes. These are 12-year-old prostitutes. These are the most vulnerable kids. So what do you think about that? I mean, why would the government ever be okay with something like that, having sex trafficking at our border? You know, I I have to say this. You know, when I was on the street, Machiavelli, in the book The Prince, you know, he was the Italian statesman, wrote the treatise The Prince, where he told the prince how to maintain control of his kingdom. And one of the things he said Uh, And I read the book. When you go to prison, you're in the mob. It's almost required reading to read Machiavelli Mm -hmm. because we adopted his ideology. But one of his one of his tenets were this. You can do anything you need to do to maintain control and stay in power. You can lie. You can cheat. You can steal. You could even kill. 
But to the outside world, you must always appear to be upright, honest, and having integrity. And I'm sorry, but that's how the government is operating. They get on TV and they lie to us with no fear whatsoever, knowing that they're on video, knowing that they're on, knowing that they're going to be caught in these lies. They don't even care anymore. It's all about power and control. And I'll tell you this, you know, people say, oh, Michael, you know, you're off on this. We know that Joe Biden is not such a humanitarian. Neither mm -hmm. is the Democratic Party. Why are they letting all these illegal immigrants come across the border? There can only be one reason. They're creating a voting block to keep them in power. Now, people say, oh, come on, that's insane. No, it's not. Because at one point in time, they're trying to get these immigrants to be able to vote without being citizens. And at one point in time, what do they do? They send their minions out and they say, hey, you either vote Democrat because we brought you here. If you vote anywhere else, they're going to send you back. That's the only reason that makes sense. Why would they be doing this? Yeah, it's not humanitarian aid like they try to say. OK, two things is that we're running out of time. Gosh, Michael, I could talk to you all day. You know, obviously, you know, I know everybody wants to have you on their show. But real quick, I want to I want to find out, you know, I've confronted Dan Crenshaw. I've confronted AOC. Is it possible that a congresswoman or congressman could ever put out a hit on somebody? Is, should I ever live in fear of AOC putting a hit on, on me for calling her a big booty Latina? Well, I don't think anybody would listen to AOC at this point in time. <laughs> she has no credibility anymore, so I wouldn't worry about her. But, you know, I would uh, watch the other guys. You okay, know, okay. So you, you answered my question. So, yeah, watch the other guys. Some of these politicians are crazy. And then also, I don't know if he's ready. My producer is a diehard fan. He wanted to ask you a question. I don't know. Do you have it keyed up, JVT? I know you've been bugging me. You want to talk to Michael? He was so excited to have you on the show. Are you ready for your question? Okay, okay. Let's ask this question. Hear me, Michael. Cool. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm still, still my mom, mom voice on. Okay, turn, that's my mom. Jimmy, sorry about this, Michael. We're having technical difficulties. Okay. My producer actually graduated from Princeton, but he was special needs. He had, uh, you know, that's why they let him in. Okay, what's your question? Hurry. Okay, um, so Michael, uh, watched every Netflix documentary, um, but they talked about like the technology, the government surveillance, how they caught you. With government surveillance technology being so advanced, do you think the next wave of mafia are just uh, virgin nerds in their mom's basement who are really good at hacking computers uh, i know for a fact that they're certainly into the new technology you know if you notice you know they're undercover pretty much now they've smartened up you know back in my day there wasn't a day that went by when you didn't see some mob story in one of the new york papers without a doubt and sometimes all of them now you see it maybe every six months these guys don't you know? Don't underestimate them. They know that this the new wave is all in technology, and I have my you know my ear to the wall, and I, uh, they're doing some things that uh, uh, just just be ready. That's all I can tell you. Okay, yes. Michael. Last question. This one's going to throw you off a little bit, but like I brought it up, you kind of laughed. I don't know. You know, Sopranos is fake or real, but in the Sopranos, they said there was a rule. I think it was Vito Spadafore. I've watched every episode. They get mad at him for being gay, and because he's secretly gay, they want to kill him. So first of all, do you kill? somebody before being secretly gay and then they also said in the show in the show this is all in the show this is make-believe show that before they killed Vito, one of the other mob bosses said well we shouldn't kill him just for being gay because there's made men that have gay sex in prison so is it true are you allowed to have sex in prison while you're incarcerated in the mafia and not considered a whatever the whatever the term is is that okay in prison but outside it's not let, let me clear this up right away. You're gay in that life, you die. That's it. <laughs> wow. End of story. There's That's no it, Michael? Story. You're gay and you're a made man, you still get killed. You're done. No, no <laughs> ifs, ands, or buts. 
No, you're dead. And there's no excuse for doing anything like that in prison. You're done. Wow. And I'll tell you the last thing. I love The Sopranos, but let me tell you this. If a mob boss was ever visiting a psychiatrist on a regular basis, he'd be in the trunk of the car by the end of the week, along with the psychiatrist. So that would never happen either. Yeah, they don't care about the, the, the what is it, the doctor-patient immunity. Yeah, right. All right, well, guys, everybody, before we go, Michael, tell them about your book, uh, Mafia Democracy, and how can they go get that book. And guys, make sure to go support Michael, even though he's a very wealthy, popular young, young man, but he would need your support. We all need your support. So please, uh, Michael, tell us how we can support you. Well, it's all over Amazon. You can get it. And then you can go to my website, michael.mafiademocracy.com. And, um, you know, just buy it. And listen, I wrote the book. I just want to make people aware of what's happening. And I want them to hold our government accountable. It's bipartisan. I go right down the line with it. But people need to understand how our government is operating. And uh, hopefully they'll read the book. We've been getting great comments. People saying, Michael, now we get it. We understand it. Hold these people accountable. When they lie to us, throw them out of office. Let them do the right thing, what we elected them for. And if not, we got to get rid of them. No, and you're doing an awesome job. You have a great platform. Keep up the good work. I hope nobody ever, what is it called, pushing a button? They're never going to push a button on you, are they, Michael? Are you worried about that at all? No, nah, not at this point. Okay. I, I've uh, I've weathered the storm, Alex. Okay, okay, good, good. We need you around because, like I said, you're an OG. Well, this is a cool culture that, that I mean, I'm not the killing in, in the stuff, but for me, listen, the mafia will always be cool, even though, you know, it's necessarily illegal and this and that. I just kind of want to bring back that heyday of that. You know, I love the Frank Sinatra. Everybody loves the mafia vibe, so thank you for keeping it in pop culture, Michael. You're doing a heck of a job. And keep up the good work and make sure to go pick up his book, Mafia Democracy. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it, Alex. You were terrific. Thanks yes. very much. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Okay. All right, guys. So the show, we're getting close to the end. But listen, I know right now, Joey Lynn, you're freaking facing some serious, 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 <laughs> serious legal bills. Yeah. So all joking aside, right? Like, I think when my son made that video we were really looking for a creative way to get somebody's attention. It was a cry for help. We have been trying to get this story out for two, almost three years. And we love watching your stuff. It entertains us. It makes us laugh, especially in a, in a stressful season that we're all experiencing in America and us, especially with this lawsuit. And so it was like, wow, what if we could get his attention, right? And my son was such a great sport. Um, it was his idea. He had the whole thing planned out and it worked. You had mercy yeah. on us. Yeah. And, and I'm so grateful that you brought us on so we could tell our story. But the reality is that what you and Michael were discussing um, where they, under the guise of protecting people, they take our freedoms away of yep. uh, being the saviors, right? They are saying that they're fighting voter intimidation by suing us in federal court under the Ku Klux Klan law for exercising free speech. They're going to take our freedoms for, to free speech away and they're dismantling our constitution. And it's incredibly important we have the resources to fight back to defend free speech for all Americans. And so, you know, I really appreciate that you took the time to have us on your show because we have not had a voice in this. Um, and it's extremely exhausting to have very little resources to be a stay-at-home mom. My actual husband is a yeah. plumber uh, back home. He wasn't able to That's come with saying, us tonight. Guys, it doesn't get more blue-collar than yeah. that. I'm saying her husband is an actual plumber. He works his butt off. And and even if he makes okay money, because plumbers do, uh, I'm just I mean, I'm just <laughs> saying you're not poor, you're not broke, but this, is, this lawsuit will make you broke. It, it doesn't has, matter how good of a has, job yeah. you have. Uh, you know, when you're fighting these these legal bills and you're getting billed hundreds of dollars right. an hour, it's it's impossible to fight these evil people. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. They know that, and that's what they want. They want us to roll over. But I'm I'm a firm believer. You know, all joking aside, 
I am a firm Christian and I believe that God has brought us to this mm -hmm. to give us a victory and bring us through this. We just need help. We need to get our story out there. If there are people that are watching that have a resource that they can share, that they can share our story with. We have a 90 second video on our website that tells our story, uh, freespeechdefender.com. We sell merchandise like in the picture that was showed, the Biden is the worst shirt. You know, we appreciate you rocking yeah. that. Make Bryson sure to go Gray get this that. shirt real quick. Me yeah. and Bryson Gray wear this everywhere. <laughs> Biden yes. is the yes. worst. And from our website only because we have people knocking this off on eBay no! and Amazon. So we're over here trying to fundraise and people are stealing money uh, from us as well. So yeah, please only purchase that at freespeechdefender.com in order to help us support our fund to defend free speech at the federal level. We hope to make all Americans proud and defend free speech and get a victory for for Americans' free speech rights. Wow, and then, like I keep on saying, it is an uphill battle, but guys, this is the people, this is the culture where like, these are the yeah. people that if you actually donate to, you're actually helping them. So come on, son, come here real quick before <laughs> the show's over, where the people wanna see you, come sit down. I just wanna, give me a hug, guys. <laughs> He's my favorite, my son, we smoke here. We'll look at this camera, maybe. You know, we're smoking all these cigarettes. We look just alike, and you know, you're gonna grow up to be a talk show host just like me and your <laughs> grandfather, Tucker Carlson. So. I want to say thank you so much for reconnecting. And I do still want to get a DNA test because if you're not <laughs> my son, I'm not going to pay any money to your mother. And I know you guys are having, I know you guys are having a bunch of legal bills and tough battles. Too bad. I, uh, that's not my fault. All right. I got your mom pregnant and that was the end of our relationship. Is that fair? No, but you're going to learn something, young man. Life is not fair. All right, guys, we end the show the same way every night, baby Alice, with the finale freestyle. So, DJ, hit that beat. <laughs>